0: 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Yeah, could
1: I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? And does this smell good? Wolfen down your lunch. <laughs> <laughs> serving up today's top sports stories with Wolfen and Lou. Hey, boy. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. All right, it is 12 o'clock. It's time for all of today's top sports stories in one place. Wolf and down your lunch and here to deliver, as always, is Aaron Maloney. Aaron.
2: So the 2022-2023 NBA schedule has been released and the Phoenix Suns are going to be able to gauge some of their most notable competition right out of the gates. So, five of Phoenix's first seven games are against the Dallas Mavericks, L.A. Clippers, Golden State Warriors, New Orleans Pelicans, and Minnesota Timberwolves. Twelve of the Sun's first 19 games are at home, and the two lone back-to-backs are at Footprint Center. There are only three road trips across the beginning six weeks. Your reaction.
1: Well, I mean, I love the Dallas game to start. I love the fact that the first two home games are the Mavericks and Warriors. you got a trip to Portland and L.A. thrown in between them. But um, you have that. You have, what is that, seven of your first nine at home. And, Wolf, how's this for a strange glitch in the schedule? Three of your first nine against Portland.
0: you basically going to be yeah. in Portland like a couple weeks into the season. You know, I had that as well. I wrote that down. That was a bullet point right here. The start is great. Uh, seven home games and two on the road in the first nine. Love that. I love the fact that we're going to see the Clippers early in the season as well. See that game. Game number three, I believe, after opening with Dallas, which I'm really looking forward to. And then there's a stretch of games from December 4th, 2022, of course. A 23 stretch uh, or, or 23 games in that stretch from December 4th all the way to January 16th where they play 16 games on the road and only seven home games. That's going to be a tough stretch right there. But, yeah, a lot of cool stuff to look at and get all greased up for.
2: Some breaking news out of the NBA, guys. (laughs) A superstar has been extended.
0: Yep. Uh-oh.
2: According to reports, Los Angeles Lakers star LeBron James has agreed on a two-year, $97.1 million contract extension, including a player option for the 2024-2025 season. So guess what? He's not coming to Phoenix.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's not happening. You're right, Mel. No,
1: I, just, I was just walking through the hall there during the break, and uh, Mike Broomhead's like, hey, did you see that story on the ringer about LeBron coming to Phoenix? That's... It's not happening now. (laughs) Did
2: you see who's the leader to land? Bronny James?
1: No. Is it the Lakers? Skoducks? Oregon.
0: Oh, I thought you meant... Yeah, I did see that. Not West Virginia. (laughs) No, no, not... You know We didn't want him. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) Well, kind of. (laughs) Who do you you have? You're starting over him. (laughs) Yeah, there's somebody... Hey, listen. Don't you worry about it. Okay, all All I know is, you know, Bronny... Hey, okay, yeah. Um,
2: next. <laughs> Yesterday, Kyler Murray spoke to the media and discussed how he saw a different side of football as the Cardinals' guest play caller.
3: It was good. Yeah, it was good. I no, That was my first time calling
1: plays, uh, besides in practice and stuff like that. Um, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I think... Um, once you, know, you call the play, it's out of your control. I think that's a, you know that's being on the, being on that side of it. You can't control what's going on on the field. So uh, if we execute, you execute. If you don't, you don't. And you just got you got to live with it. So uh, that was that was the different. You know, it was different for me.
2: Do you think the Cardinals should continue to have Kyler call the plays in the preseason?
1: I wouldn't have a problem with it. I mean, I wouldn't do it for like an entire half, but you know, I'm maybe. I, does it impact the fourth string quarterback if if the quarter if the number yeah. one quarterback is calling plays instead of a coach? Is that not giving him a, a fair shot? I mean, if you're fourth on the depth chart, you're not probably making the team
0: anyway. Yeah, I, I would. I wouldn't hate doing it again for a couple drives. No, there's no doubt about it, man. Uh, especially when you listen to Kyler Murray and some of the things that he's saying, he's benefiting from this. This is giving him an awful lot of perspective. It's giving him a lot of empathy as well. He's learning through this process. Heck yeah, man. You got one more. You got two more preseason games. Heck yeah. Let him go out there and call plays. I'd do it for a half in that third game. Why not? Because he's not going to be doing it in the regular season. No, and if he's not going to be playing, all he's really doing is getting water
1: for his teammates. That's basically what he did for the first three quarters uh, on Friday. I think it's so good for
0: him.
2: And then our Sanderson-Ford poll question is up now at ArizonaSports.com, and it asks, which key position group for the Cardinals' defense will perform better this season, the cornerbacks or the edge rushers?
1: Um, I'm, I'm going to vote edge rushers. If it, if it were just me, I would vote edge rushers because I just feel like they have, I know a lot of these guys are unproven, but they have more depth of unproven players, <laughs> if that sounds right.
0: Yeah, no, it's, uh, you look at the cornerback room now, of course, um, we all know what happened tragically to Jeff Gladney. We all know that. Um, but you tell me that Marco Wilson, they're a little concerned about Marco Wilson and how he's going to play. That that was not a concern of mine in the off-season. And he's not having the training camp that um, they hoped he was going to be able to have. Um. So yeah, I'd have to look at the cornerback room and say that's my biggest concern right now, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And maybe later on in the show, we'll look at a potential player they can so, add at that position.
2: The results are before you tease the next segment. Sixty-nine yeah. percent say edge rushers. Thirty-one percent say cornerbacks. Wow.
0: Well, right. See, once again, though, you can you can generate pressure with scheme. You can do it via scheme. And that's what the Cardinals did in 2020 when Chan only played five games and had one sack. They did it with scheme, and they were the number five sacks per attempt team in the National Football League because of scheme. They got guys that I think they can still scheme it up and get pressure on a quarterback, but we'll see. that's, That's why edge rushers are winning. That's because people believe what you're saying
1: right there. The edge rushers are the area that the the listeners have more confidence in. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, you You flipped that on. You
0: know know what? That was good, though, because I got to say that. You got
1: got to argue
0: the point that everybody agreed with. Exactly. Okay, good.
1: All right. uh, That was Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Thank you, as always. Aaron, when we come back, you just heard Aaron uh, throw it out there. The (laughs) Sun schedule is there before Wolf started arguing with people that were agreeing with him. That's right. The the Sun schedule has been released. We're going to dive into it next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7. FM Arizona Sports Station Wolf and Luke Middays 98.7 FM Arizona's Sports Station Alright we're gonna get into the schedule here because it just got released but Wolf I gotta point this out did you hear Maloney's, the, the tone of her voice when she was reading the LeBron news? Um, yeah. It was it was not, like, if, if the story was Kevin Durant just got traded to Miami or something, the tone would have been like, ah, we lost our chance at Durant. Maloney did not have that tone with LeBron, it was so he's not coming to
0: Phoenix. Yes. <laughs> well, there it is. You so. know, anything that clears up the picture, I'm all for. Clear it up, man. Well, it's, that clears up a very
1: small part of the uh, picture right there. We got the sun schedule though, and uh, you heard us jump into it there for a couple seconds during Wolf and down your lunch. But now we have time to dive into it, Wolf. Uh, I'm going to start at the very beginning, and we're going to go game by game. No, uh, I'm going to start at the very beginning. <laughs> <laughs> that, the, the fact that it's uh, that was good, wolf Dallas, Dallas at home to start the year. Two road games right back home against Golden State and New Orleans. Now the Dallas stuff. That's not an accident. The schedule makers were like, okay, put these two teams against each other. But the fact that your first three home games are the team that took you out, the team that won the title, and the team that almost took you out in the first round. That's, we're gonna, not that we're gonna learn a ton about the Suns in the first five games, but they don't get a chance to like
0: ease into this. No, I absolutely love uh, the start here because of the Dallas Mavericks. We've already talked about that ad nauseum in terms of how that may focus the Phoenix Suns, even more. Not that they need a ton of focus, but suddenly there's a team that kicked you out of the playoffs last year. It's done for a reason as we all know. Dallas, that is their first game of the season as well. So I love the fact that Phoenix and Dallas are going and and the Suns, of course, are at home and then, as you said, you go on the road. I like the fact they're also playing the Clippers early in the season because I want to see the Clippers. I think the Clippers are going to be a team to be reckon with in the West. We'll see. But the fact they're actually going to get to play him early, I like that an awful lot. Nine games. The first nine games, seven of them are at home and two on the road at Portland and at the LA Clippers. Games two and three in their road games.
1: Every time you do that, I just think of Ferris Bueller, where they're like nine times misses
0: Nine!
1: Uh, I'm just going through here and checking off all the Dallas games because this is where we are now with this rivalry opening the season. Uh, they get him December 5th in Dallas. I see March 5th in Dallas as well. So unless I'm missing a game. Uh, okay, they got him at home on January 26th, too, against the uh, Mavericks. So we'll get plenty of Luka sure. this year. Um, the Christmas game, uh, certainly against Denver. We knew about that. Uh, you get the Clippers right before the All-Star break on February 16th. You mentioned the Clippers are a team you want to see this year because yep. they're kind of a mystery. You also close out the regular season on April 9th at home against the Clippers with an afternoon game.
2: And also, I just got to say, and at G- January 19th, they're playing Brooklyn at
1: home. <laughs> oh, right after the trade deadline.
0: KD right wow.
2: making his debut for the Suns. Oh day. my
0: goodness, Maloney! Are you kidding me? How in the world did you miss that, Luke? How did you? Oh, I was miss building that? up to it. <laughs> that was so good, Maloney. All right, I see what you did right there. This is oh, why I'm, we have Maloney. You're right, over okay, there talking. So. About, oh, I hope Kawhi, I get to see Kawhi play basketball <laughs> this year. Yeah, I like the Clippers, man, because I think the, I do. I think the Clippers are going to be a surprise in the Western Conference if. They can actually be a surprise um, uh, let with me, guys like Kawhi. Let me correct what I said.
1: It, it's not after the NBA trade deadline; it's right after DeAndre Ayton becomes eligible to get traded.
0: Oh, that's, yes, that's what right, to say. Exactly. January fifteenth. Okay, that's, yeah. that's nice. Still, that's duly noted. Um, also, too, I would have to say the the stretch of games, those twenty three games I was talking about, that are played from December fourth to January sixteenth. There are twenty-three games. Seven of those are gonna be home games. That stretch. Think about that. Well over a month, man. Almost six weeks from December fourth to January sixteenth. Twenty-three games. Seven of them are home, and sixteen are on the road. That is that's the that's a difficult part of the season right there, even though this team over the last two years has has been absolutely lights out on the road.
1: Yeah, you know, it, it's great to look at this, but I'm, I'm starting to have that feeling sink in, Wolf, that, that we knew was going to happen with this season, right? Like, this, okay, this is the this regular season schedule. I'm excited for that opener against Dallas. Honestly, all the Dallas games, I'm, I'm going to be fired up for. What Maloney just said about playing Brooklyn at home for the first time this season, first of two meetings, one in Brooklyn, uh, getting them at home on January 19th right after DA becomes eligible to be traded, although, again, DA can veto any trades, and Kevin Durant might have already been on another team for four months by then. There, are, there are some cool things in here, but all I really care about is the playoff schedule, which hasn't been released yet. Yeah. Like when you really start to look at this, I'm like, okay, because you're talking about the path they have to navigate through the middle of the season, and you're right, and and you have to you have to put together wins again this year, even though it doesn't feel as meaningful to us, because we're like, all all we really care about now is what you do in the playoffs. You were the
0: number one seed last year.
1: Yeah, but the Western Conference is loaded. And you need to, yes, you need to find a way to get better as the season goes. Like, I'm looking at those five games in April. Are we going to see the Suns look like the Suns in those games in April? Or are they going to look like whatever happened to them even at the end of the regular season yeah. last year? But, uh, but
0: what do you think? You I, can't you know, just throw it away because it's, it's such a competitive conference. So what you're saying right now, stop and think about this. Um, let's say the Suns are ripping it up just like they did last year. Let's say they're ripping it up, man. Do you want to see money? Tamp it down once again at the end of the season. No, the way they did. No, do you want to see that? What I would like to see if if they are on. Let's
1: just take last year as the template, right? Let's say they're on pace for sixty-ish wins again. Um, You know, last season they closed out the regular season going two and four, and okay, big deal, like two and four, whatever. Uh, But two and four, and then you struggle with New Orleans, and then you don't look like yourself against Dallas, and all of a sudden it's like a month of not looking like yourself. If you're gonna kind of calm things down a little bit, do it in March, please. And then ramp things up in April, if at all possible. See,
0: you know, honestly, um, I would have no problem with it. I'd have no problem with it once again, because I, I don't think that had anything to do with what happened in that Maverick series. You're probably right. I don't think it had anything to do with it.
1: But I don't so, want to follow
0: uh, the pattern of last year at all well, if I can help it. You know, um I am not saying they're gonna win sixty four games. I'll follow that pattern. But uh, that <laughs> I'm not saying that. I once again I, I I don't think there was anything wrong. What happened in the Dallas Mavericks series, man, they know what happened in that series. We don't, they do. That that I will
1: agree with you on that. I don't think that they I don't think they lost to Dallas because they went two and four at the end of the regular season. I don't think it's that at all. But what I will say is when you factor in the end of the regular season and that first-round series and the Dallas series, they went 9-10 and 10 in their last 19 games. So did losing to, I don't know, the, the, the Kings in the last game of the regular season, did that cost them against Dallas? No, it didn't. Not at all. But they just never looked... Right. Even against New Orleans, they were kind of up and down. And against Dallas, they were kind of up and down. Very up and down, actually.
0: Well, you know, honestly, they won the first two games of that series. That would be the up. They, they well. <laughs> and then straight down. We've seen this happen to them in two series. One just happened to be the NBA Finals from two years ago. That was the. It went out, won the first two, and I. here we go. Give me the baton, lead the parade. And People once, actually were talking about exactly leading the parade right. that time, yeah. So, I mean.
4: You this,
2: had Mark J. Spears literally say last year, I canceled my flight to go yeah, to I mean, Dallas, for, what, or back to Phoenix right. for game five.
0: That's right. Oh, my goodness. Mark J. Spears, he didn't play, did he? That's why. <laughs> Uh, let me see, what they got, they got Milwaukee
1: at home March 14th trying to see what are the what are the big teams wolf that you want to see i know everybody i know everybody and they grab the schedule and they're just like they're crinkling up okay i gotta see when we play in orlando oh yeah that's uh november 11th okay maybe not orlando all right uh but yeah milwaukee's here march 14th again the dallas games are october 19th to start the year at home uh january 26th here as well and then they have road games in dallas december 5th
0: and march 5th you know also what is really odd of the first nine games they play the portland trailblazers Three times, including a home back-to-back. what? Yeah, why am I not... Is there no more
1: games against Portland all season? Are they done with Portland, nine games in?
0: I'm just saying, man, stop and think about that right there. The second game of the year, they're at Portland, and then games number eight and nine. (laughs) They're November 4th and November 5th, back-to-back, home back-to-back against Portland.
1: I'm realizing right now how much I rely on the Control-F function on the computer because I'm looking at a printed sheet right now trying to find Portland. I don't see Portland again after November 5th. There's got to be a game in here I'm missing. Uh, We'll get back into that later on. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, kids can't wait. You can make a difference. Our give Week for Phoenix Children's continues next with Layla's story. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.
4: The give for Phoenix Children's is presented by your Valley Hyundai deal In the auction Indian community. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station, in the Arizona
3: Sports app. Give a thon on The Wolf and Luke Show.
1: It's the give a for Phoenix Children's presented by your Valley Hyundai dealers and the ak Indian community. And, of course, you can uh, call in and donate. You can become a champion of hope. The Desert Financial phone bank is open right now at 602-933-4567. Wolf, we uh, obviously have been doing this all week. All the shows have, uh, not only here, but over on 92.3. It is a great cause. It is an amazing cause. We have uh, We don't get to do it from the hospital, obviously, this year with everything going on, but you and I... Got to uh, to tour the hospital. We got to uh, to go hand out some teddy bears to some of the patients as well. And every time you go, it it is it's a life altering experience.
0: Yeah, it really is. Uh, it's one of the best things that you could possibly do. And if you haven't done it, I would highly suggest to you that you go down. Just go down to Phoenix Children's. Man, they'll they'll get you all hooked up as a volunteer. And suddenly you walk around, and it will change your life when you see these kids. Especially especially, especially when you deliver a teddy bear to them because somebody actually had the wherewithal to pick up a phone and call 602-933-4567. 602-933-4567. You become a champion of hope by donating $20 a month, man. That's all it takes. And then suddenly a lot of volunteers will be delivering these teddy bears to young children that are faced with... (sighs) Harsh circumstances, to say the least, and yet you'll brighten their day. And give them something to hold on to. And they grab that teddy bear. You can't even believe the way they hold on to these teddy bears. 602-933-4567. Become a champion of hope at $20 a month.
1: Yeah, the teddy bear will brighten their day. And, of course, your donation will go a long way to making sure that everybody, every child that needs the care that that Phoenix Children's can provide, that they are able to get that care. Because a lot of the patients, a lot of people don't have insurance. But that's not something a child can control certainly and as they always say kids can't wait when they need the care they need the care and phoenix children's is there they're not turning people away but they obviously need your help to be able to uh, to fund all the magnificent work they do there and speaking of uh, contributions wolf how about a check presentation right now from massage envy
3: hi my name is matthew and i am here today representing the local arizona massage envy franchise owners we have been a proud partner of the phoenix Children's Network for over 10 years and are once again happy to be participating in this year's give thon For years, I had heard countless stories from co-workers, friends, and extended family members alike about the amazing experience that they had received with their treatments with Phoenix Children's Network. However, I was personally lucky enough to experience that myself when my son needed neurosurgery as a baby. The kindness, generosity, and overall expertise that Phoenix Children's Network brought to this experience was invaluable to myself and my family. And it's because of that that I'm genuinely appreciative to be able to present this check for $10,000 from the local Arizona Massage MV franchise owners and say thank you for being an incredible and invaluable part of our community. So we encourage the community to call the phone bank at 602-933-4567 and help us raise $2 million for Phoenix Children's. On behalf of Massage Envy, thank you Phoenix Children's for providing the best health care for children and their families. Because when it comes to the future of our children, moments count.
1: How about that? that? $10,000 from Massage Envy. And he gave out the number, (laughs) 602-933-4567. I I appreciate that. All right, Wolf, it is time for another story of hope presented by Mattamy Holmes. Imagine being a labor nurse who works around moms and newborns for a living. But now imagine being a labor nurse who happens to be pregnant when, at 24 weeks, you become terribly sick and life immediately changes for you and your baby. This is Layla's story. I'm Paula. And I'm Tony. And this is Layla's
0: story.
4: It was absolutely, perfectly normal pregnancy. And then, it just like out of the blue, I got really sick and wound up having her.
3: I believe kids ought to stay kids as long as they can. Turn off the screen, go climb a tree, get dirt on their hands. It all happened so fast.
0: I got
4: there at 2 o'clock and she was born at 5. You know, me as a labor nurse knows that a 24-weeker is not good. There's a lot of issues 24-weekers can have when they're born.
0: I really didn't know what was the possibilities of things going wrong until she I told explained them. it to me.
4: We literally didn't think that she was going to make it. Most 24-weekers don't have very good outcomes. practitioner tried three times to intubate her and I begged her and started crying just to save her and they tried one more time and she was actually able to intubate her that last time that first night was very hard not knowing if she's gonna live or die never knowing if I got to hold her before that happened it was very very rough
1: one day after she was born, we sat down with the neurologist. They explained that she had the grade four brain bleed on one side and a grade two on the other side, that you know there's a possibility that
0: she may never walk or talk.
4: That's when they gave us the option if we were gonna keep her on life support or take her off life support. So we said as long as she wasn't suffering and she wasn't in pain and she wasn't hurting, that we wanted to do everything possible for her. And she's here today. <laughs> We got to bring our baby home finally after 115 days. But with a 24-week year, your journey is never gonna be over. They have lifelong medical issues. It's like they say a roller coaster.
3: I believe most people are good and most mamas ought to for savior.
4: The biggest hurdle for her is, is what kind of future is she gonna have. I want her to be just like her sister and not have to worry about anything but being a kid.
1: Our new normal is to whatever's going to help her live a happy, healthy life.
4: Do I think the roller coaster is over? No. Do I think that we're in great hands with PCH for whatever else arises? Absolutely. Every hurdle that we've gone through, they could help us at PCH, and they have made it as easy as possible for us to go through all these challenges.
0: It's not like going to a normal hospital like we were driving on the way here, and she actually wanted to go to PCH, her hospital.
4: They treat you like their family.
3: I believe most people are good, and most mamas ought to qualify for sainthood.
4: Huh? She thinks of PCH as her hospital, and she's not scared of it. They've helped us through our struggle, and then some. I know that there'll be a next challenge. I am not unrealistic to think that there's not going to be with her, but we're ready for whatever challenge comes next, because we know that we are in good hands with them. If it wasn't for them, our daughter wouldn't be where she is today.
3: I believe most people good.
0: 602-933-4567. 602 4567 Become a champion of hope for the beacon of hope. That is Phoenix Children's Hospital for so many people. 602-933-4567. I'm talking to you right now. If you're listening, please pick up the phone and call 602-933-4567 and donate $20 a month. Become a champion of hope so we can be a beacon of hope for so many of these kids. And that sound, of course, means we
1: are in a match. So anything you donate right now, SagiCorp is going to match it. So if you're able to do that, $20 a month, well, it just became $40 a month. So uh, every dollar goes such a long way with this cause anyway, Wolf. But if you can double it, now would be the time to do that with SagiCorp chipping in. sound means it's time for the train teddy bear express and wolf as you uh, just said become a champion of hope for twenty dollars a month not only will a bear be delivered in your name to a patient at phoenix children's on this train teddy bear express you're also going to receive a choice of a free kids pass to the wildlife world zoo that could be fun or a free polish and shine wash from cobblestone auto spa all right when we come back we'll get back to football everybody's waiting for that time time sign did the perfect time time sign just hit the market That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Camp Takeoff 2022 is a go. Coverage presented by 72 Souls and Kona Brewing. The home of Arizona Cardinals football, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Camp Takeoff 2022 with Wolf and Luke. Well, if I think pretty, I don't want to say universally, because we had the poll question earlier saying, which position do you feel more comfortable with right now, essentially the edge rushers or the corners and edge rushers were winning about 70 to 30%. So that's not universally, but it's, it's pretty overwhelming. I think most Cardinals fans, if you said, what position are you most concerned about this season? Most would say cornerback. I think. The overwhelming majority would say cornerback. I would say cornerback. I feel like you would, too. And we're all kind of waiting like, all right, is there going to be a time-time sign? This is usually right around when they happen. There might be one out there. There hasn't been a signing, but there might be a name well, out there to keep an eye on.
0: Yeah, first of all, let me just say this quickly from a depth perspective. Yeah, I'm I'm worried more about the cornerback room than I would say anything else from a depth perspective. But from a tactical meaning, the scheme right now going into the season with the starters, I'm worried about the inside linebacker position. Isaiah Simmons, of course, and Zayvon Collins. That to me, their progression, how they develop could hold the key to the season. I'm not being over dramatic. I'm not. I, I'm telling you the truth. Their offense, I think, is going to be the strength. Their defense, and how good that defense could possibly be, might dictate how good the Arizona Cardinals are overall. Because of that defense, and I think when you talk about that defense, man, you have to start with the two young inside linebackers. Now, Isaiah Simmons is going to be moved all over the place, as we know, the star backer. But how they develop and how they contribute, how they make plays. Could determine the entire season for the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I think that's probably a good way to put it. I mean, if they are really good, look
1: out for this football exactly. team. Exactly. If they struggle, okay, this team's going to struggle to keep the other team out of the end zone. If one is really good and one struggles, which honestly, odds will probably say suggest that's what typically happens. All right, then you just you have more of a, 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 it's it's up in the air this season. But as far as depth, it's got to be corner, and we've rattled through some of the names of free agents that were already out there, you know, you've mentioned a couple times, hey, don't rule out the possibility of maybe making a trade for a corner if you have yep. to. There is a name out there, Wolf, that by all accounts wasn't expected to be out there. Yesterday, The uh, earlier in the week, I guess it was uh, It was late on Monday, the 49ers releasing cornerback Darquez Denard, who's been, is a first round pick back in 2014. Darquez Denard, cornerback, Michigan State. Here are the three things you need to know about Darquez Denard. Denard is considered the best pure cover corner in the draft thanks to his instincts and play recognition skills loves to play physically and is at his best when in press coverage even though he started all 14 games last year for Michigan State Denard suffered injuries in 2010, 2011 and 2012
0: Oh, I love that, Paulie. Well done, right there. Darquez Denard, man, taking 24th overall. A first round pick. This is a guy that has played an awful lot of games, an awful lot of football. He's played eight years in the National Football League. I will say he's been on three teams over the last two seasons, and that's always a bit of a red flag. It is because you got a guy who's wildly talented. He's still only 30 years old. He should be in the prime right now. But Darquez Denard has played on three teams over the last two seasons. And that gets a little dicey. Is there is there a possibility that there could be some type of attitude problem or personal problem that he has? I do not know. I want to be totally fair and say I have no idea in regards to the dark I just know this right here. He got put out. Just got cut on the street. And you know what? The Arizona Cardinals I'd be shocked if they're not calling him.
1: Well, and that's that's an important point to stress too. Okay, yeah, he's played, he played on Atlanta in 2020, then the Giants and 49ers last year. He's played 87 career games. He was obviously much more consistently on the field those first 6 years with the Bengals. But there's going to be some question marks with Darquez Denard. There's going to be question marks with anybody you get at this point. The, the, nobody's cutting Aaron well Donald. Said. You know what I mean? Well said. But this is where Steve Keim typically is good. Is it, Typically, if he brings in a low-risk guy, he either gets something out of him, or, you know, worst case, it was low-risk. You, you didn't lose anything. Uh, and we're not saying they're bringing Darquez Denard in, but you're, if you're looking for a... Cornerback with experience in this league, he's played eighty seven games, Wolf. He's got three hundred and thirteen tackles, he's got four interceptions. He has been around this league, yes. but he's you know, he's not gonna turn thirty-one for another couple months. So it's not like he's been in this league and he's as old as Tom Brady, because that
0: won't work at this <laughs> position either, right? So although there have been some good corners well into their mid thirties. Into their mid thirties, yes. Not into their mid forties. Okay, no. yes, no, I agree with that. Um yeah, like I would expect some type of an Announcement. <laughs> you just want to call him yourself. I don't you call him up the head Dark Quest, what are you doing, man? You you ready to go right now? I listen, I, I sometimes those issues, even if he's got issues, sometimes those issues they'll go away. They'll be dormant with the right team and a change of scenery. And sometimes they're not. Granted, I'm going to tell you that. Sometimes they don't go away. But sometimes they do. The opportunity, I know this, the opportunity is here. And he could stay in the division and play against Trey Lance. And Drew Locke and or Geno Smith. <laughs> and he can play against the 49ers twice. I, I'll tell you this, because you're right. We don't
1: know everything that, that's going on with dark Denard. Why is he available? But I can just tell you that around the league, he is is pretty consistently being listed as one of the, the bigger surprises that they got cut. Yes, And so I'm just kind of going through looking at some of the local stuff in San Francisco. And two of the reasons that are potentially begin, being given don't have anything to do with him. One is that Jason Verrett might be coming back healthy, and maybe that cuts into it. The other one is they love this Samuel Womack, the third guy they got out of Toledo, this rookie, this fifth rounder. So maybe that made it easier for the 49ers in a numbers game to say, okay, we can move on.
0: I would say you're right about that, Luke, except for the fact that he plays cornerback. There is a premium on that position. You can never have enough corners. And they know the Cardinals need one, too, right? And not only the Cardinals, there's a lot of teams out there, man, that would love to get themselves well, a cover corner, yeah. especially a guy that is as proficient as this guy has been in his career in terms of walking up and playing press man cover. But but the Car- and you're not going to run your team
1: based on what another team needs, but the Cardinals specifically, you can make a real strong, compelling argument that it's the Cardinals or the 49ers making the playoffs this year. Now, I think they're both going to make it, but that probably means three teams out of the NFC West make it. If you're the 49ers and you're like, we like this guy, To your point, the cornerback is such a premium position, they're probably like, okay, he's going to get picked up. Who's going to pick him up? It might be the team in our division that we're kind of fighting with probably for
0: second place. Boy, wouldn't you want to trade him in that situation? Wouldn't you want to trade him for a sixth-round pick? Yeah. Uh, Anything. Send him over to the Jets or something. uh, Just get something for Darquez Denard. Yeah, you would want to. So, you know, once again, um, as you said, and you said this beautifully, but if in fact you're out there on the street, there's probably a reason why you're out there on the street. At this point. But this is somebody that I'm, I'm just saying, if I'm Steve Gutten, and Steve may know the reason why he's out on the street, because the grapevine is vast and varied. Trust me on that one. Um, but if I'm the Arizona Cardinals, I'm certainly going to inquire why <laughs> he's out. Why don't you ask John break. Lynch? Is- John, it's John Lynch walking saying? through the door.
2: Text him. It's your friend. Yeah,
0: I know he hasn't texted me back. Though, well, probably because you're asking him for right key personnel well, decisions. Well, it is too, and I also want to talk to him about why he drafted Trey Lance, and <laughs> Never he's mind. probably he's, saying, "Listen, don't he's you not worry returning your text if you're going to ask yeah. him about Trey Lance and
1: Jimmy G." You see, John. All right. Well, Wolf texts the 49ers GM. <laughs> um, we'll head to break when we come back. The second depth chart for the Cardinals this uh, preseason has been released. The Positional position battles are heating up. So where do things stand, especially at receivers? There are a player there that might have some trade value now. That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.